Hello and welcome back to the Bottom Bins Extra. Very special episode here for you today. We are going to be covering the news that broke about a week ago um, about Manchester City and their implications with financial fair play. Oren, passing it across to you. So boys, obviously big news came out about Manchester City, current champions of England. Um, so the Premier League has charged them for um, allegedly over 100 breaches, 115 to be exact, uh, spanning between the 2008-2009 season um, and I think the 2017-2018 season. Um, so obviously it's huge, huge news. Um, just straight off the bat, Richie, how, how have you taken this news? Um, City have now been publicly assessed twice. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously the first case came with UEFA and now we're looking at a Premier League investigation here. Um so what, what this whole thing centres around is um, in December of 2018, um, a German football outlet managed to find hacked emails from Manchester City that showed a little bit of um, deviancy going on, shall we say. Um, and, and this is how this story broke. UEFA conducted their investigation, ultimately found Silty, or Manchester City not guilty. Um, but in saying that, you know, the news, the biggest bit about this news at the minute is just the fact that City um, are now being pressed by the Premier League to allow the Premier League access to sensitive information, mm-hmm. um, emails, uh, financial documentation. Mm-hmm. Um, Manchester City's stance on the, th- the whole thing is they have done nothing wrong. <coughs> However, the one thing I will say about this is Man City are claiming that they have done nothing wrong, which is fair enough. They're absolutely entitled to, to prove their innocence. But they're also not allowing the Premier League to look at these documents and look at these emails. They are saying that this is sensitive information to the club and therefore the Premier League cannot intervene. Mm. Um, this has reportedly been going on now for months um, and City are still delaying the process. They are still not maybe withholding information and not allowing um, the Premier League to view this information. To me, if you're hiding something... Obviously, you're in this country um, and, and in the UK as a whole, you, you know, guilty or innocent until proven guilty. But there are certain ramifications and superstitions that come along with this type of behaviour. And to be honest, they've been investigated by UEFA, now by the Premier League. I can't make a decision on it. I don't know enough about it. I'm no financial mogul. Mm-hmm. But it certainly wouldn't indicate to me that this is a club that's entirely squeaky clean. No, I, I fully agree. Um, Owen, look... This has been an investigation over the last four years on Manchester City. And obviously, in that period of time, they've also had separate investigations with UEFA. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there was talk about them um, being banned from UEFA competition for two seasons. They managed to get that overturned by taking it to court or whatever. But look, these allegations, they surely haven't came from nowhere, have they all? No, definitely not. Look, at City have, as Connor alluded to, have had history of being... Um, investigate for financial misgivings in 2014 they were fined 49 million by uefa for uh financial breaches 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 and um breaches breaches um and obviously, <laughs> <laughs> and obviously in 2020 the massive one where they were banned for two years and obviously uh, that was taken to the court of arbitration for sports and it was overturned there but the part of that charge that wasn't overturned was there also it was the were originally fined thirty million. That was reduced to ten million for impeding UEFA's investigation. Mm. And with the signs of it, with what they're doing, they're at that again. 
because let's be honest, t- what's ten million in Manchester City at the minute? Pennies. Pennies. Like I looked at since the new owners came in two thousand eight, I looked at the money they spent. Um, this is in euro. Since two thousand eight, they have spent two billion three hundred two million six hundred ninety thousand euro yeah. in the transfer window. In that time, they've only made one hundred eighty three million mm. in sales. So they've made almost one and a half billion in losses yeah. in terms of player sales. Where the hell's that money coming from? Like, I know City's a big club now, but they haven't sold one and a half billion worth of shirts. Yeah. Well, again, Owen, just to touch on what you've said there, you are completely right. There is a lot of um, issue around Manchester City sponsorship at the minute. A lot of what's happening at Manchester City is that they have these alleged sponsors mm-hmm that seem to be increasing their net worth season upon season. Last season, Manchester City reported that they were more profitable than Manchester United, Real Madrid and Barcelona. Barcelona, I can understand, because they're in a fucking financial financial ruin. Yeah. But Real Madrid and Manchester United? Hmm. Well, I was was actually just about to say that. I was literally about to make that point. Um, So obviously, financial fair play rules that came in in 2011 um, from UEFA, and it was really the stop clubs from gaining an event an advantage from their owners being super wealthy. Yeah. Um and it it's to make clubs essentially spend what they earn. And uh, Manchester City apparently are earning more than Manchester United, Real Madrid and Barcelona. Manchester City don't even sell out their own stadium week in, week out. No. So how are they earning more than arguably the three best teams in the world? Biggest teams, sorry. Yeah, well in terms of Revenue and size as a business. Yeah, Barcelona, United, and Real Madrid. Because where you go to America, like Alabama, people who don't watch football, they know who Barcelona, Real Madrid, United, United are. And yeah. um, as you said, like even walking around the street, I know it's, there's a lot more to it than shirt sales and stuff. But you're far more likely to see a Real Madrid jersey walking about than a Manchester City jersey. Yeah. And as one alluded to, they're not selling out their stadium. These revenue streams that have come in are suspect. Like, they've been charged over 100 times. You don't get charged for 100 things if you haven't done it at least once. <laughs> like, fair enough, you can get charged with something. And like, oh, sorry, I got the wrong guy. Yeah. You've done this 100 times. Yeah. Oh, no, nah, <laughs> you caught me doing it 100 times. Like, come on, seriously. So you know something's not right here with City. Look, at they've done, they've been charged before. They've ducked under it before. But financial fair play rules have come in, not just to protect the integrity of the sport, but to protect teams from themselves. From overspending, like I know it's not comparable. To some, but you've seen so many teams in the English Championship and stuff, like Bury and stuff, gone because they spent outside their means. Derby, Derby, mm-hmm. the perfect example. Of Derby have fallen off completely because they spent outside their means. Yeah. And look, that City will never end up spending outside their their means. But what I find interesting about the whole thing is the financial fair play rules for UEFA and the Premier League are slightly different. The Premier League t- doesn't take into the co- operating costs such as they don't take into account your youth academy or spend on your women's teams and your training facilities and stuff like that because they want the, they don't want to impede development. But UEFA do take into con- account these considerations. So if the Premier League sniffing about for financial fair play preaches on theirs when they have more give, I more lax. It kind of it probably means UEFA are going to come sniffing back again. Mm. No, I totally agree. And look, I think the Premier League's probably. Just right to not look at them side, that them types of considerations because they want to promote more to the youth academy. They want to promote women's football a bit yeah. more. Um, but look, it's it's a very it's a very serious situation for Man City. And look, this is this is a team that since that takeover, especially um, 
has been a very very successful team in in their domestic league and of course the FA Cup and League Cup and stuff not so successful in Europe. Um, thank God, but <laughs> they've been they've been successful within England. Um, Connor, obviously they've spent a lot of money to get this way. Um, by no means am I saying Manchester City wasn't a big club before this influx of money, but obviously this money has helped them. Does all these new allegations, obviously, as you're saying, the Premier League gives about more give, so there's obviously something in it for them to be investigating them for the last four years. Does it kind of put a dampener on their success? Um, I want to say yeah, but no, because football is a, is a monetary game now. Football is a business. It's it's not football as we know it anymore. My granda says to me all the time, football is not the same. Mm. And to be honest, it's it, it's not even the same from when I was a child. I don't remember Man United spending a mass amount of money to win Premier League titles mm-hmm. no. when I was younger. I, now, don't get me wrong, they did go and pinch the best players from mm-hmm. every other team, but they weren't spending the way Man City spending. Yeah. Um, Football's a monetary game now, definitely. Um, and, and teams have to spend money to compete realistically. And look, it's all inflation. And, and one transfer inflates another transfer. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's not going to be long until we see the first £500 million transfer. It's not going to be too long after that that we see the first billion pound transfer. Scary. Which is crazy. Crazy to think about. If you have a commercial asset that's worth a billion pounds yeah scary a billion pounds mm-hmm. like you think clubs some clubs don't even fetch a billion pounds but that's where we're heading in football mm. so to say that Man City have been you know the, the trend setters of this is completely false mm-hmm. they've just bought into the ideology they've been a part of a culture that has allowed teams to spend money hence why in 2011 this kind of thing had to be clamped down on mm-hmm. but has it stopped teams from doing it no there's ways around it. There's always ways around it. Chelsea. Oh, exactly. They're 18-year long contracts. Like yeah. Look, at every team is going to have a, about 500 lawyers backing them up who scroll through every single word in these breaches looking for that one-way weak link that they go, we can exploit that. Yeah. And that's the way football's going. You're seeing it with Chelsea at the minute. And you're seeing it with transfer fees now. Like You're talking about... I was, when I was just re- doing a bit more research about City and the takeover at the time, their first big spend was Rubinho. Yes. Setting the British transfer, transfer record for £32.5 million. Yep. Like, that was the transfer record only just over 15 years ago. And Rubinho thought he was going to Man United. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. That shows, like, how... not Again, I'm not saying they're not a big club, but it shows up until that point how irrelevant Manchester City were. The biggest players in the world didn't know who Manchester City were. But even now, Warren, they're not they're they're not one of the powerhouse clubs. I agree. Like Connor we're both Man United fans. Yeah. And I well I would hope you share this opinion as I do. But you see in terms of the last 4 or 5 years where we've seen the the major rise in Liverpool and the the great title battles between City and Liverpool. Ten times out of ten, I would rather Man City win that title over Liverpool. Oh, 100%. I don't give a shit about Man City. City look, maybe this is just coming from sheer arrogance, but City's still just our little neighbours. Like, yeah. I, I, I don't care that much about them, tell you the truth. Like, yeah. um, 
which is why I'm like in all seriousness. I know I on a, on the podcast I come in quite hot about other teams, especially Chelsea, especially Liverpool. But that's because I don't like them. They mm. are rivals. Rivals. They're proper rivals. I don't. I don't care about Man City. Like yeah. I really, really don't. One. What the other half of my family. My grandest side is Man City. My grandad has been um, a Manchester City supporter for his entire life. He was a season ticket holder when they were still in Main Road. Um, but I don't care about Man City. Like they, they, they don't bug me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The same way that Leeds annoy me. The same way that Chelsea annoy me. Yeah. The same way that uh, Liverpool annoy me, or that Arsenal annoy me. Mm-hmm. You know, City's not on that. On, on that pedestal. On that pedestal, because no. they're not a super club. Yeah. They're, they're just, they're not They've like, bought into this success. Ex- exactly. And look, I'm not going to knock them for what they've done. Here, yeah. look, if they find loopholes to get away around it and, and be able to purchase the best players in the world, hey, fuck, fair play to you. Yeah. Like, fair play to you. Do you know what I mean? But at the same time, listen, they are maybe getting a bit too big for their boots. You look at the the wealth of talent, the manager that they have, mm. even like the recruitment recently has been absolutely unreal. Yeah. And and they do just seem to be able, like what Man United did for years that other rival fans used to get annoyed at, I've already alluded to it earlier, was, you know, United would go and pinch the best players from other Premier League teams. But City are now going to teams in France and Italy and Germany and pinching the best players yeah. from their teams. That's why UEFA got involved in the first place because... There was a lot of clubs that were like, whoa, hang on here. They're muscling us out. Yeah. And like this is Man City. They shouldn't be able to muscle us out. Yeah. Like we're a bigger football club than them. You know what, do, well, look, you know it, what I mean? It, it's interesting that you say that. Because um, obviously we've talked a lot about Manchester City spending, especially over the last, well, since the, the influx of cash came in. And I'm interested to get both your opinions on this because I'm actually writing an article about this for Parlay Sports. And... Uh, it's, so when you look at teams such as QPR, yeah. you look at teams such as Birmingham, um, these teams who are now in lower leagues that were once stalwarts in the Premier League, Blackburn, another one. If you look at them teams and you look at Manchester City, even the teams that have just been promoted this season can't spend anywhere near what Man City's spending. So how, how are clubs that are from lower leagues and fighting in them lower leagues to get up into the Premier League, the pinnacle of football, I would say. Pinnacle of football. And look, if you're in a league, you want to win it. How are teams that are getting promoted expected to compete in the Premier League, let alone compete for the Premier League, whenever the biggest clubs in the world... And I'm not just saying Manchester City. I'm saying the likes of Man United. I'm saying the likes of Arsenal, Chelsea, Liverpool. When these clubs are spending hundreds and hundreds of million on the best players in the world, how are teams from lower leagues expected to compete in the Premier League, let alone for the Premier League one? They're not. That's a simple answer to the question. Look, I feel as a whole that the financial status of the Premier League and the transfer power of the top clubs in the Premier League because as you said it's not just City it's Chelsea spend whatever the hell they spent in January it's United spend big bucks it's Tottenham it's Arsenal it's all of them spend massive amount of monies it's 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 just detrimental the sport we talk about we're dead set against the Super League we'll have a bloody Super League growing under our noses yeah. look at compared with the Premier League spent in January compared to every other top league in Europe it's crazy it's astronomically different the Premier League 
is just this behemoth that's just sucking in everything around it. Because at the end of the day, money's a massive talker. Like, even if you have loyalty, like, a lot of these, like, football, a lot of football players came from, like, rough areas and hard lives because football was their only way out of it. You look at some of the Brazilian players, the Argentinian players, like, they grew up in hard lives and football was their only way of escape. Mm -hmm. If you set a six-figure-a-week salary in front of that man, I don't care how loyal he is to his club. That, if you start seeing the zeros, it can very quickly change your change your mind. Like, and that's what the Premier League's going at now. Is no club in the world at the minute can compete, compete with the Premier League. You think of every big mo- big money transfer at the minute. Real Madrid and PSG are the only two clubs that have that at the minute because Barcelona is in absolute disarray and Bayern Munich and Furnace. Bayern Munich have always been a team that wouldn't really spend the hundred millions. Yeah, yeah, no. So agreed. you're looking at Real Madrid and PSG as the only two teams in the world at the minute who can compete with the Premier League in terms of buying power. And it's kind of it's kind of just sucking the fun out of all these other leagues now. Because you want, like, remember when we were young, you wanted to, you wanted to watch the Liga because you wanted to see Xavi and Iesta, Messi mm-hmm. and Ronaldo at his peak and all, and that, that great Barcelona Real Madrid team of Latico Madrid coming every couple of seasons going, this is class. Yeah. You, what's the, like, there's no really point watching these leagues anymore because all the big players are being sucked into England. And City is kind of, the, like, City's sort of the, the starters of this. They started this fire. They lit the match. Mm-hmm. And teams in England need to compete with City. And now, they, now they're not even competing financially with teams in Europe anymore. Because any big player that's a transfer bat long for the minute, the top three clubs in England are going to be English clubs. Well, do you think that there could be something implemented to, to stop us all this spending, Connor? Like, if you were to look at the Premier League, well, let's say the top five leagues in the world. I guarantee any of us here could, for the most part, I'd say about 90% accuracy, we could predict what the top 10 in each league is going to be. Because yeah. we know they're going to spend more. They have the better players. We could predict the top 10. We could near enough predict the winners of every league at the start of the season. What's the point in competing on it if you're just going to be out-muscled all the time? What's the point in championship teams fighting to get into the Premier League if they're only going to go straight back down the next season? The same thing we've been talking about this whole podcast. Money. Money. That's all it's about. Money. These teams don't get, like, realistically, and, and look... Again, mon- football, monetary game now. It doesn't matter. Like these clubs might be massive. I understand what you're saying, and and I I, I understand the passion from which you're speaking, Oren, talking about Blackburn and Birmingham, and you know clubs who were stalwarts in the Premier League. But listen, they fight hard. They get through the the championship. They make I I don't know what you get for winning the championship, but I'm sure it's well for winning the playoffs. You get like two hundred million. Yeah, yeah. Even then. Like that, how much of that two hundred million is going to be put to to transfers to improve a side? Mm-hmm. Some good owners will will try and put as much of that as possible to try and to improve their side. Yeah. M- most owners, most football owners, aren't like that. They will try and pocket as much of that money as they can possibly pocket. Mm-hmm. Heck, <laughs> you know the club we support has has had owners that have not put a fucking penny into our club, and done nothing but take money from the club. So, and, and that's a club that's supposed to be at the top of the of the the financial tree. Do, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, listen, the, the, the things that these clubs hope for is, you know, you look at the lake of a Brighton. 
what, 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 are, what are Brighton really good for? They have an excellent recruitment department that can pick players for three and four million pounds and turn them into 40, 50, 60, 70 million player, pound players. Mm-hmm. That's their success. That's, that's, that is their model of success. Yeah. And then, you know, Brighton, like take Brighton this season. If Brighton snuck into the Champions League or Newcastle snuck into the Champions League this season, you'd be going, wow, that's a great story. That's wonderful. That opens a new avenue for clubs like that there. That's about as successful as you can be in the Premier League because, look, these guys aren't. Unless you have the oil money or the big owner, the guy who's willing to spend millions, you don't don't compete in these leagues. It's as simple as that. And again, you look around Europe, Owen's completely right. (laughs) Real Madrid have the owner that can spend money. PSG have have the owner that can spend money. Everybody else is left behind and it is just as simple as that. So... Unless there is an influx of billionaires in football, th- th- this idea that that these lower lower sides as such can compete is just it's it's unrealistic. Yeah. Um. No, I to- I totally agree, Connor. Um. Let's look at the ramifications of this. So, the independent commission can impose these on the club, and I'm I'm going to read these out. So they can suspend a club from playing league matches. They can uh, give point deductions. And they can give point deductions for every league season that they have breached um, the guidelines, the regulations. And they can recommend to the board that the league matches be replayed. They can recommend to the board that the league expels the responding club. They can order compensation from the club. They can cancel or refuse further registration of players. Um, They can offer conditional punishment. They can order the club to pay costs. And they can make... Any other really, or any other real order that they think is necessary for the crimes, so to speak. So look, these are just alleged breaches so far, but there's 115 of them. <laughs> They're not going to get away with 115 of them. No, you, you wouldn't think so. You'd like to hope they wouldn't, but for the sake of everybody in the league. But 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 of course, money but opens up. Money talks. And money talks. The best and lawyers in the world. Where there's money, there's corruption. Exactly. Yeah. Owen, you're a big Celtic fan. Yes. You've seen this story with uh, one of the I've biggest clubs in Scotland. Yeah. Rangers. Mm-hmm. The local rivals. Tell us what's similar about this and tell us what happened to Rangers for those folks at home who mightn't know the story. Well, for the folks at home who don't know the story, it was basically Rangers were cheating on their taxes from for about 20 years. This came to head in 2012. They were caught. They, originally, they were given a 15-point deduction, and then they are expelled from the Scottish League. And the, comp- the Rangers, as a club, ceased to exist. And a new company came in and took them over. Now there's an argument. Celtic fans like to say that, that club's dead. Rangers fans say the club's back. I'm not going to get into that. But yeah. bottom line of the thing was Rangers ceased to exist, and a new Rangers organisation was formed that had to begin life in the third tier of Scottish football. Do I think... Manchester City will be expelled from the Premier League. No, I don't. Simply for the fact is, even if they're found guilty of these charges, they make too much money for the Premier League. And let's be honest, money, as we've already talked so many times in this podcast, money talk, money talks. The worst I can see City getting is a points deduction. And I'll be 100% honest with you, this will drag on, and I feel City may only be given the points deduction if Arsenal have wrapped up the league or something, or they can't win the league, and they're currently sitting second, they're giving their points deduction, it takes them down to fourth, but they're still getting the Champions League, and nobody really cares. That's just my cynical opinion on the out- uh, 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 cynical opinion on it, because money talks. 
if they're found guilty, they should be punished accordingly. Will they be punished accordingly remains to be seen. Because the Premier League isn't just shooting City here, they're shooting themselves in their own foot. And as much as I have misgivings about the SFA and the way referees run Scotland and stuff like that, I do have to give them their dues that they took it to the clubs, the clubs voted, and they did kick Rangers out of the league, which was a massive financial hit for them. They're giving away so much gate receipts. They're giving away so much money in TV deals. They're losing the Glasgow Derby every year, which mm-hmm. is, let's be honest, from people who I'd say, like, you don't really care. You aren't going to watch Celtic v St. Merlin. You are going to watch Celtic v Rangers. That's the game. So for five years, because the it took Rangers a bit longer because they couldn't win the championship. Just had to throw that in. But for five <laughs> years, there was no Glasgow Derby. And for the years after that, there was no Glasgow Derby worth watching because we were just smacking them, scoring by five goals every game. Mm-hmm. So Scott, in fairness to Scotland, they they took that hit and they ran with it. I just don't see the Premier League doing it. Mm. I feel City would be fined, as we've talked earlier on, what's a fine City? What's a 50 million, what's 50 million City? It's, yeah. It's oh, oh, 50 million fine. Oh, look what I found around the back of the sofa. Like, it's jump change to them. Well, look, it's interesting you said about um, this, the Scottish FA. They put it to the clubs. Um, so, the day after all of these reports came out um, and allegations came out, there was multiple reports uh, from publications stating that the that Avram Glazer of Manchester United, that um, someone from FSG and... Todd Bowley had a meeting uh, with senior Premier League officials to discuss what they thought about it and apparently it's going to be opened up to the other owners in the Premier League. If that is the case, Connor, do you think it could be a similar situation? But like, if I'm talking personally, I, I on Owen's side, I think they'll get a small points deduction. I do think it would be straight away, though. I don't think it'll go until perhaps if Arsenal... Or Man United, or I've already won the league, like, but, <laughs> but um, I I think it'll either happen this season or at the very start of next season. I don't think they'll leave it as late as something already being wrapped up for them to make that decision. What do you think? I'm gonna be more cynical than both of you. This process will not be sorted this season. No, this process that's true. That's true. will be four, five, six years down the line. Juventus. In 2006, 2005, were relegated to Serie B for match fixing. That case against Juventus, yes, there was a punishment initially handed out. The title was relinquished. Um, Out of the three titles they won between 04, 05 and 06, uh, they got to keep two and one was relinquished to Inter Milan. Juventus are still fighting that case. That is what... Uh, Cost of twenty years, almost twenty years. Yeah. So that case is still ongoing. This case will not be wrapped up this season. So it will have no effect on Manchester City for the immediate future. Now, what it means, say six, seven years down the line, who knows? I would agree with both of you. To be honest, um, if City are still a powerhouse within the league in six or seven years, which you would probably imagine that they will be. Yeah. Um, I don't imagine that it's going to be that big of a punishment. Now, I've seen, again, multiple reports there come out over the weekend. There's reportedly nine clubs that have come out and already spoken to the Premier League and said they want to see sanctions yeah. imposed mm-hmm. now yeah. on Manchester City. And Pep Guardiola was quite chirpy in his press conferences and saying 
the teams that have come out are just annoyed because they maybe missed out on a Champions League spot or missed out on a title because we beat them on the pitch that year. Yeah, you might have beat those teams on the pitch that year. You beat the teams on the pitch that year because you were breaching financial fair play and you were able to sign fucking every fucking good player in the world. Yeah. That's that's the simplicity of, of, of the situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, like I said earlier, hi fuck, fair play to them. If they've managed to find loopholes, fair fucks. Fair fucks. But is it fair on, on, on the rest of the competition? No, it's not. But here, is, is money fair or is uh, football fair? No. It's not. It's a monetary game. I, I've used this phrase a few times. It's a monetary game. Mm-hmm. Man City, at the most, at the most, will receive a fine. Will they have league titles relinquished? No. Not, <laughs> not a, chance. a chance. Maybe the transfer embargo. But yeah, that's a bit po- Possibly. And even then, that possibly. Yeah. Possibly. But there's no there's no guarantee. But This case will go through every court you can think of. Oh. Judge Judy, Judge Rinder, all of them are going to see this. You're going to see Pep Guardiola. <laughs> You're gonna you're gonna be watching UTV in about ten years, like two o'clock in the afternoon. You see Pep Guardiola on with Judge Judy. Like this is gonna drag and drag and drag. We're and gonna drag. see Pep Guardiola and Prince Harry on Oprah. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, City. Like you have to remember, that, like the reason this is not gonna happen this season is because City are simply refusing to hand over documents. Yeah, yeah. And they're under no legal obligation to do so. No. The Premier League have to go through legal channels they in have order. To get, they have to get a subpoena to get exactly these in order to get this sort of evidence. And listen, that that doesn't happen overnight. This is going to be a long and arduous process. So yes, the news is fresh now in everybody's minds. But here, check the bottom bins in six or seven years, and we might have episode two of this series. I know exactly. <laughs> the one last thing I want to say in the whole scenario is there's going to be a lot of other owners and directors, not just in England, but in Europe, a part of Saint-Germain, who said that, yeah. <laughs> sitting very close to the edge of their seat and having a lot of sleepless nights waiting to see what comes of this. Because there could be, if they go down, they're bringing people down with them. Mm-hmm. Sounds like it, lad. Sounds like it. Folks, I haven't much else I want to say about the matter. Um, I think we've kind of gave a good in-depth talk about what we feel is going to go on at Manchester City and what is going on at Manchester City. It sounds a bit rich coming from us, to be fair. It does. As Man United fans. It does. And, and, as, mm-hmm. and as a Celtic fan. Now, I know, oh, Jesus Christ, Owen, and I'm not saying that you, you're Celtic are on the same no, but fucking level. In but, Scotland. But in Scotland, yeah. you know, you, like, yous are quite similar. Not similar as in, like, you know, you, Celtic aren't running around cheating, but mm-hmm. what I'm saying is... You, ter- the financial disparity exactly. is very... It's proportionally very similar. Yes, like, as a Celtic fan, I would complain about the financial disparity because I remember when I hear my dad talking about like back when Celtic were competing in European titles, like they've won a Champions League, yeah. and they're in Europa League finals and stuff, and they're beating Uniteds and Real Madrids. Not that long ago, like in the early two thousands. Yes, like I long for the days like that, but I know them days aren't coming back simply due to the financial disparity. Yeah, but I also know clubs like St Johnston and. St. Mirren are written the days that they could have won a Scottish Cup or something, but mm-hmm. now Celtic, Celtic can play, spend five million, which in Scotland is the same as City playing 80 million. Uh, exactly, exactly. So it does sound a bit rich coming from us as fans of those clubs, but like, listen, I, I, I do feel, I, I, like, I really, really do feel for clubs who aren't in that, in that position. Like, and I have seen, um, in my lifetime, I've seen what a set of bad owners can do to a football club. And, and Absolutely. you know, with the news coming out that apparently Qataris are going to be investing in Manchester United, it worries me as, as a Man United fan because the thing that I've criticised Man City the most for over uh, the, the past, you know, 13, 14 years is, oh, well, it's the oil money. 
oh, it's it's the Saudi money, it's state money. Um, and now it looks as though Man United are going to be heading the same way. And that worries me mm-hmm. as a football fan. It worries me as a Manchester United fan because are, are there ownership structures out there that are looking at the likes of Man City and going, yeah, there's ways we can get around this? Yeah, look, football is a business now. Football is absolutely a business now. And it, it's easy to think of it from that perspective as well, Connor, as, as Man United fans because fans who aren't as clued in to the Manchester United side as actual United fans are won't understand that Yes, United have probably one of the highest spending figures every transfer window. Every summer transfer window, it's always United and the top five clubs in the world spending as much as possible. But that's all from our revenue. Mm -hmm. None of that has been from our owners. So we're never, (laughs) as long as we're under Glazer ownership, to be fair, we're never going to break financial fair play records. Which, in all seriousness, should terrify opposition. Yeah. It should terrify opposition fans that the fact that United are always in the top three spending clubs every summer and it's not from the ownership, mm-hmm. it's their own revenue. Yeah. Add Man United's own revenue to ownership money every summer. Holy fuck. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Oh my God. Different gravy. United could spend 100 million on every player they want to buy, yeah. which worries me as a fan. It oh, really, really does. Course. It really does. And like, Owen made a fantastic point earlier about the Premier League not taking into account, you know, those running costs and mm. stuff, whereas UEFA do. Listen, you need to be able to show that you can recoup money that you spend. This is why, if you look at um, leagues like the NFL and you look at leagues like the NBA, you know, American sports, mm-hmm. with your salary caps, your yeah. supermax contracts, you know, things like that there, maybe that's the kind of route that football needs to move into. Yeah. Like, what if every club could only cap players at a salary due to the income that that club makes? Don't mm. get me wrong, there's still a disparity in, in contracts and stuff. Yeah. You know, whereas Man United can afford to have a salary cap of maybe, I don't know, 200000 yeah. a week. You know, maybe, I don't know, maybe Leeds could only afford, you know, 60000 a week or, or somewhere along those lines. Yes, it still creates a disparity, but you do get a lot more competitiveness Yeah. because you can't create Super teams. Yeah. And this is the problem. Teams now are super teams. We have a PSG side that has a front three of fucking Messi, Mbappe, Neymar. Yeah. Why has that been allowed to happen? Mm -hmm. In all seriousness, why has that been allowed to happen? And yes, it mightn't translate on the pitch, but look at the numbers those shirt sales must be doing. Oh, God. And the tourism and, and the amount of new fans you're bringing... And don't get me wrong, great for a club like that. Congratulations, fair play, well done to you. But we are seeing super teams at the minute, and football was never like that. No. Never like that. And I agree with my granda. I'm not old enough to know what football was like in the 80s and the 70s and the 60s when it was pure and it was homegrown talent. But football now is ruined because I do feel like we only care about the same five or six sides. Even the Bottom Bins podcast, look, I have to call us out for this. Do we really give a shit about anybody else other than Man United, Man City, Chelsea, Liverpool, Arsenal, mm-hmm. Spurs? No. We don't. Uh, and and if, if, it, if this was the 80s, we wouldn't be talking about Man United. We'd be talking about Everton. We'd yeah. be talking about Liverpool. You know, it's... Money, man. <laughs> it's ruined the game. Yeah. You're right, it has. You're right, it has. Well, I think that's as good a place as any to wrap it up. A passionate rant from our own Connor Richards, which I think some viewers will, will really resonate with. Um, so look, 
Thanks everybody for listening. Uh, you can find us on the Parlay Sports app. That's P-R-L-A Sports. Uh, only available in the Apple App Store just right now, but it's, it is coming on to Android very, very soon. Uh, we've got plenty of content over there. We're trying to get it up. Uh, we're trying to make more content for yourselves. Check us out on the on the newly formed Bottom Ends TikTok. Um, a lot of content put on yesterday, especially. We had four or five videos put up. Um, everybody's predictions for the early team of the season has been put up. Uh, you can you can debate among yourselves whether you agree with them or not. We may talk about them a bit <laughs> a bit later on in, in tomorrow's podcast. Um, anything else you want to say, lads? Thank you uh, once again for all the support. It's it's nice. <laughs> it means a lot. It does, it does. mean a lot. And like as we've said multiple times. From for fellas of our age, um, to be putting ourselves out there, really out there in the public eye, um, it, it takes a lot of courage, and we just appreciate that there hasn't been. Look, obviously there is going to be some haters, like like it's always going to happen. But we've been lucky enough that we've we've built up a, a good fan base, um, a consistent fan base, and uh, as Connor says every week, we honestly just can't thank you enough for the support, but. Stay tuned because there's big things coming for the Bottom Men's Podcast and we want you to be just as much a part of this journey as, as we are. Um, so look, that's going to wrap it up. And as always, Connor, keep a bottom bends. Keep a bottom bends. Keep a bottom bends.